what I need to feel your hand. There's a hunger and a thirst in the land for you to move. to throw in the towel if you don't move we won't know how to go on do it for me do it for me right away Lord I'm desperate to see a change
because we're trying to rush you. Lord, we say right away because we want you to know how desperate we are to have you show up and show out as only you can do. Because the thing that we've come to know over the years, Lord Jesus, is that whenever you do show up, you will be right on time. Do it for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus that you're the kind of God you look past our faults and you supply all of our needs you know sometimes when we say that I think some people think we say that to make excuses for ourselves we don't say that to make excuses for ourselves we say that because it's true God does look past our faults every day and sometimes when we think about our faults, we just think about those big sins. You know, them Ten Commandment sins, Tar. See, I ain't break all them, so I'm good. I might not have broken in my body. I might not have broken one in my mouth, what I said. But what about in my thought life? The Bible says God knows what I think, too. So if I sin against them, I'm sinning against them, period. Thank you, Lord, for looking past my faults and still loving me. In spite of me. Come on now, before we get into this message, I, I want you to think about that thing from 2000 to 2019. God has looked past a whole lot of stuff. You've looked past a whole lot of stuff, Lord. Yeah, you dealt with me. Yeah, you punished me. But you still loved me. And the Bible says you didn't deal with me as severely as you should have because of your grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You've been better to me than I could be to myself, and nobody else could be this good to me either. So, Lord, I'm going to love you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to do my best to obey you. And I pray that be everybody else's goal as well. Father, now we thank you for this time of preaching opportunity. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give an honor to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity of Jehovah God this last Sunday uh, in December and this last December in the year 2019, ending a new, about to come to the end of a decade. Um, let us turn to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40. Very familiar passage of scripture with many people. Uh, ushers, please, thank you all so much. And have a seat. Ushers, thank you for all your being on duty this entire year. Thank you, thank you. Blocking our doors and guarding our doors and serving folks faithfully. 
with all that you could do, not just on Sundays, but all these other services we have that you all show up. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, thank you. The book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 40. I'm going to read this from the uh, New International Virgin Church family, so if you got something else, yours will look a little different. Uh, and this is what it says. Luke 2, verse 40. It says, And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I, let, let me just go, let me, let me also read it from the King James, because some of you all know this one and know it a little better, but I want it because there's a different word that's used. King James says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Just for a few minutes, uh, let us reason together from this thought, life beyond the manger. This is a sermon I've preached, um, but, I, but the Lord gave me some different a different insight to it. So I sat down and kind of reworded some things as the Lord gave it to me. But we need to want to talk about life beyond the manger. Now, it's my hope that every December 25th we remember that Jesus is the real, R-E-A-L, reason for the Christmas season. Thank you for gifts. Thank you for lights. Thank you for Christmas trees. Thank you for visiting and family and gathering. Thank you for all those wonderful things. But it, in the center of it all, just always keep Jesus first because he is the real reason for the Christmas season. So, some people don't believe Jesus was born on December 25th, and, and they may be right, but I heard Bishop Jake saying, I agree with him, I don't care when he was born. I'm just glad he was born. I don't care if it was December 25th or, or January 25th. I'm just glad Jesus came into this world. Most Christians know that we can find the details of Jesus' birth in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. Jesus was born in Bethlehem to a virgin mother, a woman named Mary, and her husband named Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter. But we also know that Jesus was conceived by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. In other words, Joseph was not his natural father. When Jesus came here, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, which were just old rags that were used to wipe up cow milk. Jesus was laid in a feeding trough. Here he is, the Son of God, King of kings, Lords of lords. But, but when he wrapped himself in human flesh and was born into this world, he allowed someone to lay him in a feeding trough, in a manger, which is a place that some of us might call a barn. God the Father supernaturally led some shepherds and three wise men to the manger. The wise men may have been kings, but even if they were kings, they still fell on their knees and worshipped the baby Jesus. During the Christmas season, most of us find comfort when we think of baby Jesus laying in a manger. You know, we sing all these songs, Jesus, Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child, away in a manger. And, oh, we have all these wonderful songs about baby Jesus. But the truth is, baby Jesus grew up. Amen. Baby Jesus grew into Jesus the Christ. In Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 39, we read that 
Jesus' parents took him to Jerusalem to dedicate him to the Lord eight days after he was born. That was the custom of the Jews at that time. So eight days after his birth, here are Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to be, uh, to be uh, baptized or, or dedicated, if you will. While they were in this temple, Jesus was blessed. This baby, the baby Jesus was blessed by two people that God sent to bless him. He sent these two people specifically. One was a man named Simone and a, a Simon, and the other one was a woman named Anna. You go and read that in Luke yourself, chapter 2. You'll see the story where these two people came and blessed the baby Jesus. But in verse 40, where we're at today, it says that the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Amen. In the Amplified Version of the Bible, that word grace means the favor and spiritual blessing of God. So in other words, the child grew and was filled with wisdom, and the favor and the spiritual blessing of God was upon Jesus. Baby Jesus grew up, y'all. He grew up. He had a life beyond the manger. Here's what I believe Luke chapter 2 verse 40 should teach all of us. As Christians, we believe that Jesus of Nazareth was both God and man. We believe that Jesus is our example of how to live a life that's pleasing to Jehovah God. Now, that's what we're supposed to believe anyway. If you don't believe it, you, you believe in the wrong thing. So, so here's the thing. If Jesus is our example, we must also have a life beyond the manger. Amen. We've got to have a life beyond the, we've got to get past baby Jesus. I didn't say forget Jesus. We got to get past just keeping him in that manger being a baby. We got to have a life beyond the manger just like, in other words, just like Jesus, we need to grow up spiritually. We have to grow up. Jesus grew up and we've got to grow up spiritually. The verse tells you that he grew up and what happened with him. After we give our lives to Jesus and our souls are saved, we are like newborn spiritual babies. Amen? We're just like newborn spiritual babies. But most of us know that in the natural world, a baby can't feed on milk and soft food forever. Unless the child is sick in some way now, unless the child has some real serious health condition, that child ain't gonna, a day ain't going to drink milk and eat soft food forever. A day gonna want a piece of chicken sooner or later. Might be getting some now for all I know. Yeah, but, but that, that's the same in the natural world, as it is, the same in the spiritual world as it is in the natural world. We can't stay on milk and soft spiritual food forever. That applies to us as well. And we have to get off a diet of spiritual milk and move on to spiritual meat. Amen. Spiritual milk is for folks who don't want to the preacher or other Christians to correct them or hold them accountable. Mature Christians accept the blessings and the corrections in God's word. And all of us need correcting. I can't look at nobody out in this congregation and nobody in that choir stand and talk about accepting correction unless I look in, my, in the mirror at Edwin first. I am no different than any of you all. Paul told the Christians in Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, he said, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. 
Paul says, I gave you spiritual milk, not solid food, which is the same as me. Why, Paul? Because you weren't ready for it. Amen. Indeed, you are still not ready. He says you're still worldly. Paul says that the Corinthians were worldly because he explains it later on. He says there was jealousy and quarreling in the church. All Christians can be worldly sometimes. All of us have a wrong thought sometimes. All of us can, in a moment of time, lose our temper, lose our cool, and say something or, you know, maybe snap at somebody or use a, a, a colorful adjective, I like to call them. People say, excuse my French. There ain't no French you speaking. It ain't French. It ain't Spanish. It ain't Greek. It ain't Italian. It ain't none of that, because I, I know that word, and I understand it very well in the, in the language I'm hearing you say it in. All of us can make wrong judgments sometimes. All of us can willfully be disobedient. Those, I give this example all the time. Speed limit out there on 186 says 55, and you choose to do 65. And when the man pulls you, you mad. But you were wrong. The point is, all of us, all of us as Christians, we can be worldly, we can be disobedient, we can be ungodly sometime. Amen. But mature Christians stop being worldly. Mature Christians do our best to live holy, and we work to accomplish our divine mission. That's how we get to life beyond the manger. That's how we get there. Mature Christians, at some point, we stop being worldly. In other words, we stop doing me and thinking that I can just do whatever I want to do and say, Lord, I'm going to live for you. Help me to live the way you want me to. And Lord, not only bless me, help me to be able to be a blessing to somebody else. That's what a mature Christian is. As we work to fulfill God's purposes for our lives, God gives us wisdom, his wisdom, and his grace, which is the same as his favor and blessings, just like he did Jesus. There are many reasons why God blesses us. Number one, he blesses us when we praise him. You can find that in Psalm 101, verse 8. He blesses us when we trust him. You can find that in Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. He blesses us when we obey him. You can find that in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 14. And in Luke 2 and 40, where we are today, we find another reason why God blesses us with his grace and favor. Is anybody here willing to admit that God has blessed you with his grace and favor? You know you can say beyond a shadow of a doubt. God has blessed me with his grace, his mercy, and his favor in spite of myself. Amen now. Let, let me tell you, but let me tell you this, this other reason why he will bless us. Amen, amen. In the King James Version, verse 40 says that Jesus was strong in spirit. Now, some other translations of the Bible don't include that word spirit. But in verse 40, it was most likely added to the King James. But I believe the word spirit there refers to God, the Holy Spirit, because most of us believe in the Trinity of Jehovah God. We say that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Bible is clear that these three personalities, these three personas, are always uniquely interconnected with each other. So the only spirit that could be in Jesus has to be the Holy Spirit. 
No other kind of spirit could be in Jesus. It's got to be God the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit is also living inside you. We don't act like the Holy Spirit living inside us all the time. We got some spirits in us that ain't always holy. Okay, I got some spirits in me sometimes, uh, Dr. Lawson. They don't always present in a holy way. But the reality is God the Holy Spirit is here because I humbled myself and accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And if I let the Holy Spirit have his way with me, I will, in fact, live holy. Amen now. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and I can prove it, because in St. John chapter 14, Jesus said himself, I will pray to the Father, and the Father will give you another helper, that he may, listen now, abide with you forever. The helper is God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. What does that mean, whom the world? Unsaved folk can't receive the Holy Spirit. The world is referring to people who are not saved. The world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor does the world know him. But listen, but you know him because you're saved and he dwells with you and will be in you. We have God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us. That's why sometimes when you get ready to crank up and I get ready to crank up and say or do something that I know is wrong, I get a little, 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 uh, little chastising. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, I think something that I know is wrong to think, and no sooner than it comes across my mind, the Holy Spirit will say, you know you're wrong. And sometimes I say, Lord, please forgive me, because I should not have had that thought. I, I, look, just because I don't see the person the way you do, Lord, I trust your judgment. Amen now. So, so we got God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us, and he directs what we do, those of us who are saved. The saints of God have the power of God, the Holy Spirit, in us. He gives us wisdom to fulfill our divine missions in our life beyond the manger. I know that's right because in St. John 16, Jesus said this. He said, however, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever the Holy Spirit hears, that's what the Holy Spirit will speak. And the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. Amen. The Holy Spirit is like spiritual GPS. He's going to tell us things to come. Holy Spirit will tell you what to watch out for. Holy Spirit will tell you, you know, and, and dating is what it is these days, and most folks date online or they meet folk online. But the Holy Spirit will let you know, well, now you need to stay away from him. You need to stay away from her. Now, you might like the way he look, and she might turn you on. So you jump on out there anyway, and then the demons jump on you, beat you about half to death. But if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you'll avoid that mess. Now, I'm not being funny. I'm being for real. In our personal lives, the Holy Spirit will guide us if we will allow him to. Amen. Now, let me just keep it really real. We know that sometimes living a life beyond the manger is hard. Amen now. Ain't, ain't no need to stand up here and act like once you get saved, it's all peaches and cream. You know, we say every day will be, see, we say every day will be Sunday, and the Sabbath will have no end. We ain't got there yet, because we still on this side of eternity. See, that's, that's, that's to come. But right now, every day ain't Sunday. And some days we have some hard days. We, we struggle with ourselves. We have to deal with the influences of the culture around us. 
And then, of course, what's the number one thing that all Christians always have to deal with? Who's the number one enemy? The devil. The devil is constantly looking for ways to steal your testimony and to make you doubt your faith in Jesus. So we have a lot we have to deal with. Amen. Amen. But the Bible tells us about Jesus' trials and troubles as he worked to fulfill his mission. St. John 16 and 33, y'all have heard me say this before. Jesus told the apostles, in this world you will have trouble. That applies to you and me too. But then Jesus said, be a good cheer because I have overcome the world. If we trust and do our best to obey Jesus, he will help us overcome the world. He will help us be successful in every area of our lives. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to take a chance. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to be obedient. You have not because you ask not. Amen now. Lord, I don't, sometimes we say out loud, we say, Lord, I don't know what to do. We're not really talking to the Lord. We're just saying that expression because we heard somebody say it when we were growing up. No, stand there and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord will tell you if you allow him to. Amen now. We should also find great comfort in St. John chapter 10, verses 27 to 28. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He said, and I know them. And they follow me. Jesus says, I give my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall, this part makes me happy, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. When our souls are saved, we are saints of Jehovah God, but we're also the sheep of Jesus Christ. We're the saints of God, we're the righteous saints of God, but we're also the sheep of Jesus Christ. And the word says that nothing or nobody can separate us from Jesus. I don't care what kind of trouble comes into your life. Nothing can separate you from Jesus. You lose someone you love dearly and you're grieving, but that won't separate you from Jesus. Somebody that you trusted turned their back on you, betrayed the confidence, lied to you, said they were going to do something and didn't do it. That won't separate you from Jesus. Amen. They demote you on your job instead of promoting you. And you know you were the one that was best qualified. That won't separate you from Jesus. Now, that's all stuff that's done to us. Now, let me get for real, for real. You slip up and end up with somebody you have no business being with. That won't separate you from the love of Jesus. You mess around and put your hands on some money that don't belong to you. You might have to deal with the law, but that won't separate you from the love of Jesus. You get mad and in a moment of time in the middle of Walmart say some words and act like you don't even know who Jesus is. Even though you may be ashamed or embarrassed later on and folk may say, yeah, I know he won't say, that still won't separate you from the love of Jesus. Jesus said those who belong to me, nobody can snatch them out. You need to understand that. The reason why I'm telling you this at the end of 2019 is when you step into 2020, you understand who you are and whose you are. You're going to have some days you don't feel your best. You're going to have some days you fall short. You're going to have some days that you might have some thoughts or say some things and do some things that you know are not godly. But if you'll say, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me. God will restore you. And that won't stop you from being who you are. You're still his righteousness. You're still his saint. You're still the sheep of Jesus Christ. Nothing or nobody can separate us 
from the love of Jesus. As I close, I close with this thought. As we live life beyond the manger and we work to accomplish our divine mission in life, we should expect God to give us wisdom. You should expect God's wisdom. You should expect God to give you favor. You should expect God to show you grace and mercy. You should expect God to give you his blessings just like he did Jesus. Life beyond the manger means that we die to ourselves so we can live for God. That's what life beyond the manger is. Just sum it up real succinctly. Life beyond the manger, living lives beyond the manger, as Christian means, we die to ourselves so that we can live for him. In other words, we stop thinking about all the time what I want. And we think about what does God want. We stop thinking about what I think is right. And we ask ourselves, what does the Lord say is right? We stop thinking about what we can get from somebody else or what we can get out of some situation. And we say, Lord, what can I do? How can you use me to be a blessing to somebody else? That's what Jesus did. Didn't he come into the world and grew up? And while he was walking around, he was a young boy and he showed the world right away that he was the son of God. Matter of fact, he told his own mama one time, I got to be about my father's business. Mama, I love you dearly, but I got to do what I was sent here to do. What were you sent here to do, Jesus? I was sent here to die. Because he knew he had a life beyond the manger. He went around, the Bible says he healed sick people. Because he had a life beyond the manger. The Bible says that he encouraged those who were depressed and hopeless, cast out demons. He had a life beyond the manger, church. The Bible says Jesus even raised a couple of folks from the dead before he went to the cross because he had a life beyond the manger. But he never forgot what his divine purpose was. His purpose was to come and die so that you and I could live. Amen now. So when those Roman soldiers came and got him out of uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, he didn't resist because he knew that was his divine purpose. So he let them take him to Pilate's judgment hall. Lied on him. Said everything about him that was untrue. And he just accepted it. He was thinking about everybody in this church this morning. Because he had a life beyond the manger. He let them put a crown of thorns on his head. He let them slap him in his face. He let them spit in his face. He let them call him everything but who he was, the son of God. And he did not resist. Because he had a divine purpose. He had a life beyond that manger. He let them take him outside of Pilate's judgment hall. He let them beat him almost to death. Not a one of us. I don't care how bad your mom and daddy beat you when you were growing up. And my dad almost killed me several times. He didn't, just be, he didn't just almost kill me. That Negro almost killed me several times because he was one of them old school crazy Negroes. But he ain't beat me like Jesus got beat. Amen now. Blood wasn't coming off my back. My skin wasn't laying open. You couldn't see my ribs and my spinal cord. With my... It hurt, but it won't that. But Jesus took that for you and for me. That was his divine purpose. That was his life beyond the manger. Jesus let them take him and, and, and put that cross on him. He carried it up Galgotha's rugged hill. He did that for you and for me. He let them nail him in his feet. He let them nail him in his hands. And I say this a lot, church family, I'm not talking about one of them nails that you put into the roof 
They, you go out there on that railroad track right now, and you look at what they drove, they driving that railroad track to keep that iron down. That's what they put in Jesus' feet. That's what they put in Jesus. Them things about that long, about that thick. That's what they did to Jesus, but he accepted it. That was his divine mission. His life beyond the manger. Stretched him wide, hung, stretched him, hung him hot wide, stretched him wide. Bible says he stayed there, pierced him in his side. Out came blood and water. That water that washes away my sin, and that blood that washes away my sin, and that blood that makes me whole again. Jesus did that for you and me because he had a life beyond the manger, y'all. Them folks didn't kill Jesus. Those Roman soldiers didn't kill Jesus. Jesus died for you and me. The Bible says he gave up the ghost. He told the Lord, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And then he died because he had a life beyond the manger. Let them put him in a borrowed tomb. Stay there the rest of Friday. Stay there Saturday morning. Stay there Saturday midday. Stay there Saturday night. But his life beyond the manger came to its conclusion. When early on a Sunday morning, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because he had a divine mission, because he wanted to save my soul, he got up with all power in his hands. All power. Power to raise the dead. Power to turn my life around. Power to take me off drugs. Power to take me off alcohol. Power to make me stop cussing. Power to clear my mind. Power to make me stop chasing women. Power to make me stop chasing men. Power to straighten me out. Got up with all power. That was his divine purpose. That was his reason for going to that cross. That was his life beyond the manger. I love baby Jesus. I thank the Lord for baby Jesus. But I ain't hung up on baby Jesus. I need Jesus the Christ. I need Jesus that grew up. He's the one. He's the one. He's the one that saved the soul A wretched people like you and me. We're wretched, y'all, spiritually speaking. And even some, and I say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm really finished. We say this, even, even so there are unsaved folks who are great people. You know them, I know them. They're unsafe folk who are wonderful people. They're not evil. They're not mean. They're not cruel. There are some unsafe folk who are just as some of the nicest, most generous, most kind-hearted people that you will ever meet on the face of this earth. But they're unsaved. What Jesus wants us to do is to humble ourselves and accept the fact that no matter how good I may think I am, I'm not good enough to get into his heaven unless I go through him. Amen now. Life beyond the manger. That's what we're living right now. We're living spiritually a life beyond the manger. Christmas was Wednesday. This is Sunday. We've gone beyond the manger. And if the Lord lets you keep living, you're going to keep living beyond the manger into the new year. So start 2020 out with the right attitude. Lord Jesus, I want to love you more. Lord Jesus, I want to serve you more faithfully. Lord Jesus, I want you to use me to bless others. If you have that attitude, I promise you, 
whatever you need for yourself and your family. God will provide it. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, and resources, finances, whatever it is. Just, just dedicate yourself to loving him more. Dedicate yourself to want to serve him better. Dedicate yourself to want him to use you to be a blessing to others. And watch God just bless you beyond your wildest imagination. Amen. Amen. If there are any...